Hey guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strength. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks podcast. So unpopular opinion, success is struggle. And I know we don't want to own this. I know we want to say, oh, this is going to be the next best thing. And it's going to be a lifestyle. It's going to be so easy. And I'm going to see results tomorrow. But that's not the way it works. And I think the more we oversell the negative to ourselves, the more we embrace the challenges along the way, the better off we're going to be instead of just searching for a quick fix that ultimately doesn't work. So in this episode, I want to dive into fast fixes and the upsides and downsides to using sometimes these things as a kickstart with Michelle. And I also want to go over some macro tips to help you get consistent and workout tips to help you really push to that next level because there is going to be discomfort if we want to change, if we want a new and better result and to achieve goals that we've never had before. So let's jump right in. It is harder to achieve a goal than it is to maintain it. And I bring this up because I think a lot of times, the longer we've been at a goal, the more we can even become colored by, you know, all the things we have now, how easy the lifestyle has become. We look back with rose colored glasses at all the struggles we actually had. And I bring this up because I always try and remind myself of the struggles to get here, all the struggles I have even achieving the next level, because I think it keeps me grounded. It helps me help clients better. And so I want to discuss this because I think often we even try and delude ourselves and say, this is going to be easier than it truly is. And the more we embrace not all these struggles we've had in the past, but the struggles that are going to come our way, the more we can plan for them. And then when something negative does happen, a challenge does pop up, it'll even feel like, oh, well, this wasn't so bad because we planned for it, but we can't run from it. We need to embrace it. We need to remember that success is struggle. And I even bring this up because I think a lot of times in pursuit of that goal, we can get discouraged feeling like, well, I can't maintain these things long-term. This doesn't feel sustainable. This doesn't feel easy. And A, what feels easy is what we've always done. That's what we become comfortable with. So in the process of changing, we're going to develop comfort with things we do consistently. So the more consistently you do some of these new things, the more you're going to even look back and be like, gosh, why didn't I make this change sooner? It's so fabulous, right? Probably didn't feel that way to start, but it's because you've now done those new things consistently. And even in doing those new things consistently, you're going to find that there are going to be time periods where all of a sudden you're hit with a new hard thing, where those things that have become even easy feeling, all of a sudden you want to fall back into old habits you haven't done even potentially for years, just because it's a new situation that triggers something from prior, right? And all of a sudden those things that feel really sustainable aren't and you default back. So it's always being conscious too that you're creating sort of this new identity, this new lifestyle pattern, and it's not going to feel easy or sustainable to start. However, as you reach your goal, as you settle into that new lifestyle, things become easier because you've built that discipline through enacting these habits over and over and over again and embracing the mindsets behind them as well. And I bring this up because in that weight loss journey, right? You're going to lose a few pounds. And then it can feel like if you go on a vacation or you eat out or you, you know, you don't do the you should for one day, you'll lose all the progress, right? And it's because where you were was natural and normal to your body. Even those old patterns, those old habits, this way of thinking were natural and normal to your body. So your body gains the weight, right? It is fighting this whole weight loss process. That's why during the holidays, even maintaining or during a stressful time, even maintaining the new weight that you have as much as we might want to still drive forward and lose the next 15, 20, whatever pounds, it can be really helpful because we're creating that new set point. The more we create that new normal point, the more our body wants to stay there, right? So the stinky part is, is in the process of trying to achieve a new goal, your body's going to want to go back. So you lose the 10 pounds, but your body's almost fighting to go back and regain the weight to go back to what was natural normal. However, the longer you have maintained that 10 pound weight loss, even if you're at a little plateau, the more results are actually building. And the more now 
your body doesn't want to change from that new set point that's 10 pounds lower. So when you've maintained that weight for, you know, months, years, whatever else, you go on a vacation, you don't fluctuate up as easily. You can have the extra serving. You can have that, you know, extra cheat day that was unplanned and you don't fluctuate because now this is the new normal. And so I bring this up because I think recognizing that what we're doing to achieve a goal is not what we will do forever. And that even the habits that we are doing forever will become more natural and feel more sustainable because we've done them consistently and they become a part of our lifestyle that helps us embrace the sacrifices we have to make along the way. Because there will sometimes be times we even have to sort of overcraft or do a little bit more, right? We sometimes have to go to the gym those six days a week when when, once we've reached the goal, we can maintain with three days a week, right? We sometimes have to say, hey, I'm not having alcohol at this girl's night on Friday because, you know, I really do want to drive towards the school and I know that will make me to fall back into old patterns or trigger old things, right? Or I know that will set, slow my process because it will slow the uh, utilization of fat and it won't help my weight loss, right? So we sometimes do give up things in pursuit of this goal. But then we know once we maintain our goal, once we're at our goal, we can add some of those things back in. And I think recognizing that what you do to reach a goal will not be what you do to maintain it is super key because it allows us to embrace some of the sacrifices along the way. It also helps us recognize that once we get to maintaining, you can't just go back to what you were doing prior, okay? You also can't stay in that calorie deficit forever. There, maintaining is itself a process. But just recognize that as much as some of these things feel like a struggle along the way, what you're doing right now is to get to that next level, to overcome the hurdles, because once you get there, you're going to find even a better and better balance. Not to mention what feels sustainable and easy is what you've always done. You've just become comfortable with those habits and routines, with the mindsets that are attached to them. And the more you do these new things, the more you will become comfortable with them. And you might find that some are really even better and more enjoyable than what you were doing prior. But embrace that there will be changes and discomfort and sacrifices along the way to achieve the results, and it will get easier once you're maintaining them. So Michelle and I are going to dive into today fast fix diets. Now you might be expecting that I'm going to say that they're all bad, you should never do one, but that's not the case. And Michelle actually outlined some important reasons why we can implement fast fixes and see results, but also the downsides to everything. Because again, there's a cost and reward to everything that we do. So Michelle, thank you for joining me. Let's jump right in to talk about fast fixes. First off, why should we avoid doing fast fixes or what are some of the pitfalls of fast fixes? So the biggest thing really is just the unsus unsustainability that a lot of them have. A lot of times you're doing things to the extreme to try and get that weight loss or whatever your end goal is to be really fast. But the problem is, is most of the time this is at the, the cost of nutrient deficiencies. If you were to continue with this long term or just that you're dropping just so much weight so quickly that you actually sometimes also pay a little bit in energy and just sometimes in how you're feeling overall. But the biggest thing really is just the unsustainability. So oftentimes it's not something that we can continue doing forever. And because of that, this is why a lot of people tend to gain and lose the same amount of weight over and over again. We're not truly making habit changes. While we think we are, right? We go, oh, this is going to be a lifestyle. We don't truly assess where we're at and what's important to us long term. We just jump right in. And in that, we're trying to hit these other potentially not arbitrary, but arbitrary standards that don't really relate to what we need long term. And so while it does yield sometimes those fast changes on the scale, it's not actually changing the underlying lifestyle so that we're building that sort of new identity that we really need to keep moving forward and seeing results snowball and last. 
Yeah. And then on, on part of that too, is there's that lack of individual individualization that oftentimes these type of diets have because they try to give you fast rules that are really, that sometimes can be difficult or may not even work for that person on an individual level, but you're trying to fit yourself into this box that you may not actually fit into. We're trying to force a square peg into a round hole, basically. And I can tell you, I've done that so many times where I've like, you know, been like, okay, this is the clean eating standard. I need to do that. And then ultimately I can't sustain it. And then I start to feel like I don't have the willpower, the self-control, all those different things. And then I never make the changes. I not only regain the weight, but regain more. It was only once I sort of started assessing, okay, what do I actually need? What's the underlying foundation of those things as well? Because I think that's something we often ignore. Like, why are we making the changes we're supposed to be making with the diet? Like with any fast fix, like what's the heart of why this supposedly works? Because the more you even break that down, the more you can find the components that might work for you or the reasons why you might be able to build off of that long-term, which I know we'll get into a little bit more. But these plans aren't, you know, individualized to us. And they emphasize also often a very close deadline, right? Which doesn't allow us to be motivated long-term. Yeah. A lot of us can kind of grit through and be motivated for a very short period of time. It's really looking down the road. What is, what are those long-term goals? What is, what is, what are you going to do next? Because that is where, you know, fast fix diets do kind of actually have a little bit of a benefit is it does provide that motivation when all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I dropped weight fast and you get that excitement. Then you want to actually build off of that and not actually go backwards. But it's not sabotaging yourself in that and that you're continuing to do more. It is really taking time as you're doing that fast fix to assess like, why does this work? What is working with this? What's the foundation of these habits that I can then build off of? And it's almost, I like to call it like an exit strategy, right? You go in being like, okay, I know I have to make more sacrifices to see results a little bit faster, but in doing some of these changes as you're doing them, like what is truly sustainable? What doesn't work? How can I adjust things that don't work to meet me where I'm at? And seeing it as that, quick kickstart, but in doing those habits, like what's your exit strategy, right? Yeah, exactly. So some of those other benefits besides just getting that quick start is you actually can have like really just have something that snowballs. So just a really quick example of this is our taste buds change every two weeks. So if you're doing something that's a little bit stricter, a little bit harder, you can actually get your taste buds to change. And for most of us, that means that we tend to you know, crave things like sugar, salt, we eat lots of that. And if you're wanting to kind of decrease and get a better diet, actually following something that's a little bit stricter, that's going to help you adjust your taste buds faster so that you actually enjoy a little bit more bitter foods or less salt, less sugar, that can actually be a huge benefit of actually following something that is going to be a little bit stricter for a shorter period of time. It's knowing that we don't want to fall for those fad diet, those quick fixes that promise instant results. And we ultimately restrict ourselves so much that we feel deprived and we repeat the same cycle. At the same time, also embracing, hey, I am going to do this thing that is a little bit more intensive. Like it's the mindset almost you go in over even just the habits that you're doing that really creates a snowball. Because if you go in with the mindset of like, hey, I know I'm going to sort of go in all or nothing. And this, this really making these sacrifices is going to make it easier after and allow me to create those changes in my taste buds, in my habits and routines. So that even as I ease off, I've almost done more prior to make it feel easier to make the other changes after. Yeah, it really is about the mental state that you're going into these with. Like if you are looking at this as very much like I'm just doing this so that I have more footing on the ground so I can really jump into these other areas and make healthier changes here, 
that is a much more healthier outlook than, oh, I only have to do this for 30 days or 75 days. That's all I have to do. And then I'm done. I've lost, like, you're not done. You haven't actually, you've just barely started the work actually is really what had, what happens when you were looking at these short-term goals, because the hardest part is actually maintaining and keeping that weight off and being able to do it in a healthy, sustainable way. It's realizing there's an ebb and flow to everything. And what you're trying to do is, as you put it, like building traction with it, right? You're trying to get that momentum going and snowballing. And in doing this, you're potentially like doing like a 14 day mini cut is the most often way we like implement it, right? We'll do a 14 day mini cut with somebody where we do more intensive macro breakdowns. We do more intensive calories, but we're doing it with a strategy that's built on those foundations, knowing like going in, knowing that there's going to be more sacrifice in that. But the reason for it is to get over that plateau, to create that success mindset, to get the momentum building. But with the solid foundation there so that as like, you know, we hit that 75 days, we know what we're doing after, right? Because I do think we put an end date on it. And we do the things till then. And then we think we go back to doing what we were doing prior, but we can't, right? We have to actually make changes. But at the same time, what we did to get to that goal isn't what we'll do after, which sounds really confusing, but it's all about creating that new lifestyle, so to speak. And it's really a lot of like self-reflection too. If most of us have at some point participated in something that was led to a faster fix, or we were stricter during a certain period of time because we were trying to get lower for a particular reason. But you want to actually look, okay, was I able to keep that off? What actually happened after I did that program? And the truth is, is most of us probably did gain it back because we weren't thinking, okay, what's the next step? We just looked at it as like, oh, I hit my goal. I'm done. Hooray, I, I can go back to what I was doing. That's not going to be the case. You really want to make sure that you are implementing, like you said, even continuing to track macros and also being aware that most of the time your exit strategy, you're probably going to gain a little bit back. A lot of times when it comes to these tougher macro ratios or even other other dietary approaches to kind of a faster fix, we are decreasing and kind of depleting our glycogen storage because we a lot of times these are low carb options. And because of that, you can expect a little bit of water weight gain to kind of occur. And that's not to be, that shouldn't be something that you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm gaining weight. This isn't working. I've done it again. If you go in with that mental the mental state of like, oh, I know I'm going to gain a little bit at the beginning, but again, I'm going to keep up those healthy habits and I know I'm going to be able to continue and see my progress moving forward. I think you touched on something that's so important to note when it comes to making not only or implementing not only a faster fix or like that quick kickstart, but even just changes in general, reflecting on the challenges we've had in the past. Because a lot of times we end up repeating the same cycle just packaged in a new program. And I call it being stuck in the change loop, right? Where you get that program promise, so excited about something new. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start to feel like overwhelmed with the habits. You hit that habit overload because there's so many changes to make. You get the emotional sabotage. You're like, oh, it's not working. It's too restrictive. I'm failing at it, right? And then you fall off everything. You quit. And then you end up finding a new program that's really exciting. But because we never pause to assess why didn't this program work for me or what worked in it that I could double down on, we end up repeating the same cycle, just starting program after program and hitting that same habit overload, that same emotional sabotage, because we didn't assess like what was working. Like we do keto, right? We think, oh, it's the low carb, but no, it wasn't the low carb, it was a restriction, right? Or that you weren't tracking, so you didn't have an idea of your portions or whatever else. But in that, we then end up restricting again and we repeat the same cycle. So it's really key if you're gonna do one of these fast fixes that not only do you have that exit strategy, but you're even assessing 
why didn't other things work in the past so that I can set myself up for success this time? Yeah, it's all about that increased awareness. Um, one of the things that the fast fixes kind of do is it does actually tend you to focus a little bit more onto what you're actually eating. And this can make it so that you're changing up your portion sizes, maybe paying attention more to your macros, how you're adjusting things. But again, it's about that, okay, yes, I'm now noticing more what I'm doing here and what's working. How am I going to continue that habit moving forward? It's shifting the focus to not only the habits instead of just the scale victories or the weight loss that you want to see or the body recomp you want to see, but it's shifting that focus. And I love that you brought that up because I think it's even bringing it on to other goals that you want, right? Setting outside things, whether it's the habits or performance goals, but you can't just be so, you can't have the expectations of measuring success in only one way, because when we measure success in only one way, if we don't see changes in that way, we can end up falling off of habits or stopping habits that are really benefiting us. The more ways we measure success, the more ways we can be successful. So it's having some of those other focuses as we're making those changes. Yeah, people that are so scale focused or so focused on a particular number, they're going to get frustrated a lot quicker and they're going to feel defeated a lot sooner. We really want to bring the attention to other things that are improving for them, especially when we're looking at body recomp, because if you're increasing your muscle strength and you're trying to lose some fat, that number on the scale is not going to be telling you the whole story of what at, what is actually happening. And so so often we put so much power and emphasis on this one data point that we're forgetting all the others. So really, really make sure you're tracking more than one data point. Really pay attention to energy levels, mood, sleep, your overall well-being. But also just are you having changes in measurements? Are clothes starting to fit a little bit different? And I want to say this too, because so oftentimes like people be like, oh yeah, I got smaller in these areas, but I actually got bigger. You know, my bicep got bigger. My thighs got a little bit bigger or an area may get a little bit bigger at sometimes. That's not bad if we're seeing changes happen because oftentimes, even if you get a little bit bigger in certain areas, that could just be a sign that you're actually getting more muscle put on. So we're still, you can still lean and tone and kind of cut those areas, but it's not a bad thing to all of a sudden be like, oh, my thigh got a little bit bigger, but hey, guess what? My, my waist dropped. That still is showing some of that body recomp and it's something to really be celebrating and not be so stressed on just the number. It's honestly fabulous body recomp because you're seeing that muscle being built and you can still shred like fat over the muscle and end up looking leaner, right? And you're seeing that body recomp because you're losing off of areas that don't have the muscle being built, right? Uh, if you were gaining around your middle and losing off your thigh, that might be a separate issue depending on where you store fat, of course. But we don't celebrate those wins, even though they're happening and they could lead to more and more results really truly snowballing. On top of the fact that I think we're also so often only focused on outside goals, right? Looking different or even, even with performance, as much as I love performance goals, these are outside things over even celebrating the habit wins and the consistency, which I think is a really big benefit of a fast fix that we don't talk about is these are short timeframes with close end dates. And while it's not one and done, right? You don't do something for one week and see results for two weeks and see results. Sometimes having that close end date where you're like, my focus is actually on consistency and celebrating the fact that I checked off something for those seven days, for those 14 days, for those 21 days. That alone can build that success mindset, even if it's small habits, that allows us to really see those results snowball even more. So sometimes just saying, hey, like with this end date, I want this consistency for myself. These might not be sustainable habits long term, but I want to celebrate the consistency that I am doing this perfectly for 21 days. 
sure, we're not perfect. The things are going to come up, right? Don't get down on yourself if you don't, but celebrate that consistency and even see that as a goal in and of itself. Yeah. And, and actually celebrate. I know we say celebrate, but I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, like, yeah, like I'm celebrating this. No, like do something special that actually is making it be like, okay, this is my reward for doing that. And actually even writing that down or telling yourself what you're going to do when you accomplish that goal. And even having the visual of it, like, I know for me, and I've even had clients like fill a a jar where every pound they lose, they put a stone in or like they have a calendar where they put like that gold star on it. But having that visual where you're even physically celebrating it by just even recognizing it, that can be super helpful. And it can remind you of why you're doing what you're doing when you feel like a little stressed out or demotivated or you don't want to do what you should. Right. So I think even having that visual, that's not just like being hit with the scale weight or whatever else can be super key because it allows you to see that consistency build. It allows you to see the snowball of results, even on a week where maybe you didn't put a stone into the jar for the weight loss, but you can see all the other six stones that are already in there. Yeah. Really making sure that at the, at the front and forefront of your mind is knowing that you are making progress and recognizing that progress. So I love the visual idea because there are so many things too. And I know we mentioned tracking poundage, but like even being like, Hey, I actually slept eight hours last night or I slept, you know, I usually get five hours of sleep last night. I got six and even visually marking, marking off somewhere, how many times you've actually slept more hours or got that full eight hours of sleep can be a huge progress in and of itself. And that's what leads to fast fixes, not just being those fast fixes that keep us stuck in the yo-yo dieting cycle. Like, Going back to the discussion, it's not so much that, I mean, there are fast fixes that have very extremes that probably are not healthy and we can get into some of those other fad diets that we have in the past. Uh, but there, there are definitely some unhealthy things that we can implement with fast fixes that can take us down cleanse routes, fat, fad diets. However, if you're doing a fast fix that is strategic and well thought out and well designed, it's having that exit strategy. It's having the celebration of those habit wins because you can take that kickstart and create sustainable habits off of it, but it's having that focus. In terms of that, how would you recommend someone does sort of focus on the sustainable habits off of doing this quick kickstart where they might even feel as they're doing or getting to the end of it, hey, some of these things aren't sustainable for me? So really, what's the most important is actually incorporating more back into your diet after you've done this. And it doesn't have to be like, this isn't like a whole huge shift, but if you are someone that, you know, you did limit some of your carb intake and we're slowly working in that extra carb. Usually I like to do this by actually increasing your protein and your carbs a little bit at the same time, just so that you are getting a little bit of that uh, thermic effect of the protein as well. But again, to expect to get a little bit of water weight when you're doing that. So that's going to be kind of the first thing is actually in, slowly incorporating some of that food that you've kind of limited yourself from during that stricter cycle. Then we really just want to make sure that we are hitting or setting and tracking a macro ratio after that's honestly the best advice I could give you is after you do this, have a macro ratio and a calorie goal that you're moving to next and be prepared to transition to that because that's not only going to going to cause you to be actually tracking your protein and your carbs, but again, you're going to have something that you're moving on to and kind of graduating from one thing to the other. So it's going to help you kind of continue those habits, but then of course, really make sure that you are monitoring and adjusting as you continue. So if you got that weight loss goal and now your weight loss goal, 
let's say that fast fix really did what did get you to your goal that you were wanting to to get to. You're now trying to actually maintain that. And maintenance is often overlooked, but that's going to be usually the hardest part of any journey. So really making sure that during that time that you are monitoring what you're actually intaking. This isn't all of a sudden we're not tracking anything, but you are slowly adding in those extra calories. And this can be anywhere from 50 to 100 calories a week if you were on like a bigger deficit. And I think it's recognizing even the mindsets with everything. I know we've touched on this a lot, but a lot of times we do this, you know, uh, fast fix. We've had more restriction, right? We've potentially gone towards cleaner eating, right? And we start to feel guilty for eating off of that plan. And I think it's really owning that, hey, this was a short-term fix. I'm not going to feel guilty for including these foods. And I'm even going to think about how I'm going to include them. Because I think often when we resist trying to balance those in, that's where we end up falling back into old habit. It's like, well, you just went zero to 60 back to zero, right? Instead of finding that balance because we had that guilt. So as you're doing that fast fix and seeing results, really do assess like what is sustainable, what isn't, what are the minimum habits I can list out that I know I'm going to keep repeating? And what are some things that I slightly feel guilty that aren't on the program right now, but that ultimately I do want to work in and see how you can include one on a week and then maybe two and find that balance and keep tracking because that will help you just stop defaulting back into old patterns completely. And that's really great advice too, is really making sure that like the thing that you miss most when you're going through this faster fix, actually incorporate it. See if you can get it to fit in your macros or how would you adjust your day to actually be able to incorporate, incorporate that favorite thing, you know, that favorite food, that night out, that drink out, whatever it is, and see how you can actually work that back in so that it's more of a balanced approach. Because the biggest thing, and we mentioned this a couple of times with any of these type of programs that you're doing, is the issue with them is the restrict and then the binge cycle. So when you are stopping it, all of a sudden you just go full ham on on the things that you've been avoiding. And the big thing is, is when we are graduating and transitioning and kind of continuing to track is how are you going to actually strike that balance so you can have the things that you missed out on, but also be able to still work towards your health goals. It's realizing there's going to be a balance over your year and there's going to be times you do steer more towards fast fixes, more extremes. Uh, We don't want to do anything, obviously, that's a fad diet or not good for our health. But there are times we're going to take those fundamentals and make more sacrifices to see results faster. It's just key that we have that exit strategy. We we plan for the future and we know how we're going to steer back the other way because – Again, like there is that fastest sustainable continuum. And sometimes we want to go faster to see results, but it's going to take more sacrifices and we have to own the cost of potentially reaching that new goal, getting leaner than we've ever been, seeing something that we haven't achieved before, while knowing that ultimately we have to also have that balance with sustainability if we're going to maintain those results long term. Yeah, exactly. It's all about really making sure that we're creating those sustainable habits in the future. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. I hope this helped everybody really find their balance and even embrace, you know, if you are at a very time or a time of year where you're more motivated to use that fast fix, but have that exit strategy to keep moving forward. So let's talk about getting consistent with those macro breakdowns. I will tell you that tracking macros really isn't fun for most of us starting out. There's some big math nerds who really embrace it very readily. But I can tell you even personally, I fought against the process of tracking to start. But it is super key because it allows us to have that accurate picture of what we're consuming to make true changes off of. And then when we know we're truly hitting those numbers, it allows us to trust in the process a little bit more because we know we're doing the habits that we should versus if we're not tracking anything, it can be like, well, am I doing enough of the right things? So 
to help you get more consistent in tracking those macros. First key is to recognize that you are not going to be hitting them naturally. It is going to take you stepping back and learning how to now adjust your portions. Because if you were hitting them naturally, the portions you were already consuming, you'd probably already have the results that you wanted. So you're going to have to change your portions. You're going to have to change how you've looked at your diet. Okay. So it's going to mean taking that step back. I can tell you starting out, it is helpful to include less diversity. Okay. So we've talked a lot about even including more diversity to get those micronutrients in a diverse amount of forms to keep your foods fun and interesting and your meals exciting. But starting out, and I'm not even talking about for maybe more than the first couple of weeks as you learn to hit your macros and get comfortable with the tracking and some of the other habits and mindsets involved, include less diversity. Because the more things you introduce, the more factors you have to balance. It's like you went from doing a five-piece puzzle to an a thousand-piece puzzle. Okay. The five-piece puzzle might be all you can handle right now. So make those five pieces and just focus on only a few staple foods that you can include consistently to hit your macros. And then from there, you can always add in more. Remember, again, we have to think sometimes short term. We have to think sometimes about the immediate over the future and whether or not this is sustainable long term, as long as we're building off a solid foundation. And by tracking and embracing learning about those macros, we're building that solid foundation, even if we're doing a faster fix. So that faster fix may be eliminating a lot more foods to focus on foods that like we really crave or that we really want to include or that can be the foundation of our diet to hit our macros. And from there, we embrace more diversity as we get more comfortable. We can experiment more, okay? Then planning ahead. I know sometimes it can feel like it takes so much time to look at different foods in your food log, to play around with the swapping things in and out. But the more we embrace that right to start, the quicker we A, learn the breakdown of all the different foods that we can include, and B, the more we have all those puzzle pieces to easily be able to interlock as we go through. But planning ahead is really key because... Otherwise, you're defaulting back into what you've always done. I can tell you if I don't plan ahead sometimes, if I'm in a new place or having to make new meals or whatever else or hit a new macro ratio that I haven't hit in a while, I will end up with very weird macros at the end of the day simply because I'll include foods that match what I've always done, okay? So if you are hitting a ratio that is very different, if you're making a change and increasing your protein when you've been lower protein, realize that planning ahead will allow you not to have that weird amount at the end of the day. Maybe you plan ahead and even stack more earlier in the day so you don't have any, so you can have a dessert full of uh, fat and carbs at the end, right? That's great, but make sure you're planning ahead to really understand how to hit the ratio. It will set you up for success so that you're not, which I don't personally want to do, munching on chicken at the end of the night because you didn't plan well because you weren't sure how to hit the macro ratio, okay? So include less diversity to start, really plan ahead so that you know how to map out your portions to hit that macro breakdown. And then also remember why you're choosing this. And that's the key word there is choosing. Because I think a lot of times when we want to reach an aesthetic goal, when we want to lose weight, or even when we want to improve our energy or do different things, we feel like we're being made to work out. We feel like we're being made to eat certain things. We're having to go on a diet. But we're technically choosing this. We choose every change that we make. And we're choosing this because we want a better result. We want to improve our health. We want to see an aesthetic change, right? So remember you're choosing this. And in choosing this, you can set an end date where you're going to reassess if you really want to keep making that choice. But choose it, set that end date, and then embrace the fact that you chose it. And remind yourself of that when there is that internal struggle, sometimes in the immediate present where you're like, oh gosh, I really want to have this margarita, but no, I said I wasn't going to. Remember why you even chose to potentially abstain from alcohol at this time. Saying, hey, maybe I'm going to have this next time, but I want to see how this impacts my sleep, you know, my weight loss results, all those different things. Okay, But realize that you're making the choice and that you can always make a different choice if you want. 
then never go without something prepped, okay? What I mean by this is it's not just planning ahead, but it's even having something prepped, whether or not it's a meal already logged in your food log that you know you can swap in when you've had something else, whether or not it's knowing a restaurant meal you can get out, whether or not it's knowing something you can grab at the grocery store to hit your macros, or whether or not it's actually having meal prep frozen. Never go without a plan B in place, especially when you're starting out, because it can help you make sure that even no matter what life throws at you, you have something that you can do to get close enough. Sure, it might not be perfect, but it's always about those 1% improvements and saying even, hey, I ate this thing I was supposed to eat or this thing that I know would get me close to my macros, even if I'm not perfect, instead of just saying, well, one thing went wrong and I'm just going to blow the entire day because I think a lot of times that's what we do to fall back into. But the more you can have prepped and planned and be aware of, the better off you're going to be. Whether or not it's having a snack on hand that you know you can increase your protein if you're going to be low on protein otherwise, whether or not, again, it is having that restaurant meal already mapped out, uh, quick things you know you can grab from the grocery store or that frozen meal prep when you're really tired at the end of the day and you just want to say, forget everything, right? So that you can easily pop in the microwave and heat up. But have something always prepped when you're starting out, Okay. And then off of that, knowing those go-to out options, right? Know the restaurants that have macro-friendlier foods. Sometimes the, the food quality won't be quite what you'd like, you know, at home. Maybe it is tacos at a uh, Del Taco, right? Or something that's lower calorie that has enough protein that doesn't blow your day, right? And allows you still to get really close to those macros. But know your options eating out. Even if it is knowing that at the grocery store you can grab, you know, smoked deli meats or cocktail shrimp or Greek yogurt or edamame, whatever it is. Know your options if you get stuck in a place where you have to grab something out. And that can even mean sometimes just having protein powder in your purse. It can mean having, you know, beef jerky around. Something else that you know in a pinch will keep you on track enough and even give you that success mindset. Because we forget about that a lot of times. We focus so much on perfection in macros, perfection in workouts, that we forget that just by doing something that's an improvement, a lot of times that can make us feel successful and make us not just want to like say, well, this one thing went bad, you know, we have a flat tire. We don't slash the other three. We keep going, right? We replace the tire, we keep moving forward. Then don't let yourself get too hungry. I think this is something that can happen a lot, especially if we are implementing intermittent fasting or we're attracted to them, we want to try it, we can let ourselves get too hungry and then we end up overeating or letting those cravings come or we find that there are changes to our hormone levels because we've been into an extreme deficit. So as much as we want results yesterday, don't go too extreme with the deficit, especially starting out. Even if you know you're overeating by quite a bit, just decrease your calories by 100, right? Don't go to the deficit you should be at, supposedly. Focus on just making small changes based on where you're at and make sure that you're not getting to the point that you're so hungry that that's going to make you want to just sort of forget everything, okay? If you are hitting one of those days where you are extra hungry, even consciously say, hey, I'm really hungry this day. I'm going to see what happens if I do bump my calories and be strategic, plan ahead, hit your macros still. Be conscious that maybe this is the reason you don't see the same weight loss that week, but be very conscious that you don't let yourself get too hungry by trying to starve yourself even by using something like intermittent fasting as beneficial as that might be for you, depending on the stage of life that you're in. Using those tips, guys, though, I want to help you hit your macros consistently, but just remember that it is going to be a learning process. You are potentially going to stink at it to start because it is something new and outside what you've always done. But the more you can embrace these little changes, the more you can take that step back when you're feeling frustrated, the better off you're gonna be. To see better results faster, we have to create that progression. And that sometimes means pushing past failure. Now, I want to be really clear in what pushing past failure means because I think a lot of times that gets us into the mindset of more 
quantity, right? More reps, more volume, doing more. And that's not what it means. It means sometimes doing that extra rep where we don't feel like we can fully do it, but it's still going to be quality, right? There can be a certain amount of trying to eke out that extra push-up, trying to get out that extra bench press, but we can't just do quantity that is not quality. Because if it, there's not quality, then we're going to be not using the correct movement patterns, recruitment patterns. We're not going to get the benefit out of it. So in pushing past failure, we want to challenge ourselves to do a little bit more. And I wanted to talk about two of my favorite workout techniques to really help us do this. And one is creating uh, the rest pause technique or using the rest pause technique, where this can not only help us uh, correct imbalances, but it can be a way to use heavier loads when, especially with things like, you know, holding dumbbells for our legs, our grip might give out, right? Or we find one side is weaker, or we're like almost at that next level of weights, but we don't quite have that in-between load. And so we'd either be stuck doing, you know, the top end of the rep range with the lighter weights, or we can't fully do the bottom of the rep range with the heavier weights. Do those heavier weights. If you're at the bottom of the rep range is six, do four reps pause for a few seconds, and then do two, right? That allows us to sort of trick, and I say trick as in our body because we're resting potentially only 15 to 30 seconds, not feel like it got full recovery. So it's feeling like it did six reps with those weights, but allows us to do six reps with weights that we wouldn't necessarily be able to do six reps with. And we're pushing past failure because technically our failure point might have been that four. So using rest pause technique can help you use heavier loads for quality reps too. That's the other key thing is maybe you say, okay, I could get out six lunges, but they're going to be really fugly. They're not going to be the most beneficial. So I'm going to pause at four, give myself that little break so that I can do two more quality reps. Because sometimes that short little rest just gives your body just enough time and even your mind just enough time to really focus on those recruitment patterns and make it quality. Okay. So consider using rest pause technique to use heavier loads, more advanced variations, still get out the quality volume that you need, but sort of push past failure. The other thing I love doing is the density training workout design, okay? By having those time sets, so you have two moves like pull-ups and delas, right, in a circuit, and you have those 10 minutes, you can do lower reps each and every time you're up at the deadlift, each and every time you go up to pull-ups, but you can get a great volume in that time and very quality work because you can choose a weight that maybe you can do for about, you know, eight to 10 reps with, and you start with the, the five reps with that, and you don't quite go to failure with it, right? And by the end of it, you might actually find that you can only do three or two reps with that same weight, but you've managed to keep a heavier load than you would have if you had tried to get out 10 reps for the entire time. And so you might actually not only get more volume, but more quality weight lifted from that. So I love using that time training that allows us to potentially use lower reps per each round, but get out that really great volume over that time, right? And training density too means that we're increasing even the volume in that set amount of time, because you might find in the 10 minutes, maybe you get out 50 reps to start, but then as you go, either you can lift a little heavier and keep at that 50 reps, or you can even increase and go up to 55 or 60 reps with that same weight. And so by increasing that training density, the amount of volume we're able to do in that set amount of time, we're also going to see those strength gains and sort of push ourselves past failure. So while we want to focus on creating that progression through challenging ourselves to do a little bit more, we want to make sure it's quality, which is where both of these different techniques play in. And I will say, if you're not tracking your workouts and you're progression in them. If you're randomly stringing workouts together, you're making it very hard on yourself to push past failure because what feels like failure each and every week might change if you're doing random workouts. Like if you're doing pull-ups one day on Monday and the next week on uh, Thursday, all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of other things that you've done before that training session on Thursday to impact how those pull-ups feel. So it's very hard to create progression. Like if you've done heavy you know, squats on Monday, but not heavy squats on Thursday because you're doing things in different orders, all of a sudden there's a lot more. And so you might feel like the weight you did that last Monday feels extra super heavy on that Thursday, which it probably does because other things are fatigued. So the more you can create that weekly schedule that you follow week after week, and the more you can create 
uh, like log your weights and say, I did 135 here. So this week I'm going to try and do 140. Or hey, 135, I can only do six of the six to 12 reps. So this next week I'm going to try and do seven reps with that same weight, right? You can make sure that you're incrementally creating that progression and really seeing those gains. So make sure that even as you're using rest pause technique or density training and you're trying to push past failure, that you're tracking what you're doing to make those incremental adjustments and be able to truly see like, hey, how are other things impacting me as I go? Because you need that progression if you want to see results. And it's, not always comfortable either. I will tell you that sometimes we even need the break. So if you found that you've hit a point where you've been really pushing your workouts and need that deload week, you mentally need that time off, recognize that that's okay because it's not comfortable pushing yourself to do a little bit more to constantly lift that heavier load, do that harder variation, create progression in different ways. So but don't be afraid to back off at points knowing that you are going to really have to push yourself to create that progression, build that lean muscle, see the results you deserve. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of the Fitness Hacks podcast. While we want to create sustainable, lasting changes and habits, we have to recognize that sometimes going towards fast fixes, making more sacrifices, they can have their place and help us kickstart results. But even all the sacrifices and challenges we're going to face in trying to achieve a new goal, they can be worth it and not necessarily what we do to maintain those results long term. It does get easier. So stick with it. Embrace the challenges along the way. 